Welcome to episode 5 of Campus Talent Podcast. My name is Toyib Abdukadri, your host. Yes, this episode is with Koyim Adedemeji. If you are a student of University of Illori, uh, you might have heard this name. Uh, yeah, Koyim is popular. He is a student of law. He studies common and Islamic law at the University of Illori. He's the president of two different organizations on campus. The president of Union of Campus Journalists, Unilorin, and also the president of Student Union Bar Association, Unilorin. On this episode, we talked about his experience as a student of law and his experience taking these leadership positions on campus. Enjoy. Um, we are going to be talking about leadership, but but let's talk about let's start with the roots. Being a student yeah. of law, why, why why did you decide to practice journalism? What, what do you intend to do with journalism? Yeah, actually, being a student of law, I I do know that a lot of my colleagues do think that you should restrict yourself to the areas of law. But I've always been a personality and a person who is obsessed with versatility, and I I want to put my creativity to good use. I want to ensure that I extend my tentacles beyond what I'm studying because I do know that we're in Nigeria. And I've always had this passion and there's always been this particular favor for the work journalists do. I've started reading newspapers since I was about six or seven years old. All these concord newspapers and I wanted to be part of that profession too. And I didn't want the fact that I am a law student to hinder my progress or my development in journalism. So that is why I did think of joining the UCG. And I tried as much as possible to be very resourceful in the organization. I would I climbed, you know, through the ladder to become the president. And it has given me a sense of purpose, a sense of responsibility, and I've realized that I can combine law and journalism, the aspect of law that is media law. So journalism has given me the direction that I need, that's given me a purpose, it has given me the um, the power to impact, you know, on very, you know, instrumental stories that would benefit the society. So there has been a lot of things that journalism has done. I do appreciate the fact that the profession is very fluid enough for you to contribute and for even people that have not really met you to feel your work. So that is what journalism is for me. And that is what I, I want to use journalism to achieve. Okay, you, you are practicing journalism on campus and you have rose to the top. You are currently the president of one of the oldest and leading campus news outlet in Nigeria. I mean, the Union of Campus Journalists in, in Lorry. You have been in this position um, in that capacity for some months now and I found out that your tenure is going to end um, anytime soon I think January or February what is your contributions now now that you are leaving what is your legacy yes thank you so much actually one of the things I've been proud to achieve you know is the fact that we did raise and uplift the banner of journalism on campus 
not only on campus in the University of Illinois, but on Nigerian campuses. And we did it right here from the University of Illinois. The University of Illinois has always practiced the journalism that has been Illinois centric. But one thing that we did bring on board, because I cannot attribute and take credit for it alone, it is the collective work of the team of the press council and of the organization as a whole, is the fact that whenever we are doing our kind of journalism, we allow it to reflect even in other campuses. And it has given us the age of, you know, being recognized one of the leaders of, from campus in Nigeria. And it has given us that prestige that UCJ in Illinois needed. We had our highest number of inductees this year. So we emphasized more on our PR. We wanted to project every single thing, every good thing, every impact that we are trying to achieve, all that we have achieved. And we also ensured that the UCJ in Illinois is delving into more areas of journalism, more than the ones that we have been practicing. In fact, you know, we have so many conventional, probably so, um, investigative journalism, fact-checking basics. But we try to explore more into photojournalism, explore more into solutions journalism, explore more, to, you know, to work, to allow this um sense of um collectiveness this sense of inclusivity because we do know that a lot of journalists joining have a particular goal they have a particular objective in mind we also strengthened our broadcast so we have a ucj tv initially but one thing that we did is that we ensured that members of the ucj who are interested in broadcasts you know they have the opportunity to practice broadcast from the ucj so the ucj tv we have a YouTube channel where members of the UCJ who are part of that particular committee go around to seek for opinions on contemporary issues, on issues bordering on students of your campus and broadcasting in Nigeria. We emphasized on the growth and the strength of, you know, the UCJ TV, which is the broadcast arm of the UCJ in Lauren. The one thing that we strive to achieve is that the UCJ TV has always been in existence, but the effectiveness of that particular arm has been very low. So we try to train members in the act of broadcast journalism. And after their trainings, we, we allowed them to be able to explore, you know, with that particular committee. They interviewed a lot of people on campus. We did features, you know, that are video-based, you know, for them to post it on the website you know, on the YouTube channel of the organization. So we interviewed a lot of students on contemporary issues, on issues bordering on their welfare, and to ensure that these particular journalists have the opportunity to blend and they have the experience needed for them to thrive in mainstream news outlets. We also consolidated on our relationships with other news media and organizations. We built a lot of relationships with mainstream news media. And we are very glad that our partnerships are now paying off. We now have interns in various newspapers in Nigeria and various broadcast rooms in Nigeria. So these are amongst so many others. Within a very few months, because it has been so chaotic here, our session is barely 10 months. And I would say that probably my administration started in April and I'm going to hand over now in February or January. So it has been so hectic, it has been so chaotic. There are lots of things that we projected that we wanted to do, but I'm so proud of 
how far we are as a union. Mm. You are proud to say that um, the union of campus general, the impact of um, the um, news outlet is being felt not only on campus, but um, beyond campus. Exactly. Okay. So you, you're also the president of the student union bar. Can you tell us what the organization is and what you do? The Student Union Bar Association, University of Illinois, and is a community of student legal practitioners. You know, to students that this is have the opportunity of practicing is students' courts, which are like similitude of what the Nigerian courts are supposed to be. So, and we use all the practices and procedures of what is applicable in Nigerian courts. You know, when people get called to the bar. So we are trying to give the student legal practitioners and law students the edge of even having experience of what it means to practice in Nigerian law or in the Nigerian law sphere, even while they are on campus. So what they do is that it is basically very formal. We have court judges, we have student counsels, we have registrars of court, we have machineries and instruments that have been tailored to what is applicable in the Nigerian setting. So and this particular legal practitioners battle on real life issues, the the canvas arguments, they effectively represent their client and they represent even people from other faculties. So what we stand for at the student union bar association university of Illinois is for legal advocacy, for legal jurisprudence and legal activism. With failure of leadership. I remember this popular quote from um, Chinua Achebe, that the trouble with Nigeria is simply and squarely a failure of leadership. Um, what, what would you say uh, the qualities lacking in our leaders? I think the one thing, one major thing that has been a very, very, you know, damning quality of leadership in Nigeria is the fact that the confidence levels that even the citizens and the road have for their leaders is very low. We do not really trust our leaders. Even there are some things that our leaders do that might be for the benefit of the citizenry, but because of the fact that the confidence levels and trust levels are very low, we do not really trust them. Look at the instance of the government's efforts towards battling COVID-19, and there are still some people in Nigeria who still do not believe that COVID-19 exists. And I think it still borders on the fact that there should be a change amongst the citizenry. You know, the 2023 elections is coming from instance, and we still come to that recurring problem every four years of choosing between recycled leaders. The concept of recycled leadership, we just see that these particular persons who have been ruling us for the past, you know, probably 30 years or 40 years are still the same people that we are considering. And we are not given that fresh um, infusion of leadership. We are not really giving it the chance that it needs. So I think that the problem do not really lie with the leaders because the leaders really come from the citizens. It is just a reflection of how the citizens are and how the system is. But there should be that change in orientation amongst the citizens also, amongst the people who have been ruled to ensure that we make the right choices. I think that we as Nigerians, we do not really pity ourselves. We do not pity our predicaments ourselves. 
we do not really pity the kind of experiences and the kind of things that we have gone through. And we just discovered that in 2023, those same set of people who we have always been complaining about are the same set of people who are going to emerge in these leadership positions. So there's a, there's a need for change of orientation amongst the citizenry. There's a need for leaders also to feel accountable because these leaders, whenever they get to these positions, they just think they are overlords and they are authoritarians and they owe nobody the regard. I think when there is this level of mutual appreciation of leadership, you know, between the leaders and the citizenry, the confidence level, the trust levels, and even the effectiveness of the mechanisms of government to improve greatly. Mm. Answer to um, gaining trust is um, for leaders to be accountable. Yes, yes. Okay. And for them to show the citizens that there is need for, you know, this particular sense of, we don't want the government to feel like an instrument of control. We want the government to see us and to feel as an instrument of trust, you know, so that when we see the government, we know that there is someone that can fight for our rights, can cater for our welfare. Mm. So, um, yeah, you, I, I actually wanted to take this conversation on to, you know, political leadership. Like they say that our youth today, we're supposed to be in politics, we're supposed to be active in participating in politics. Do we do you, do you think we are ready to to um take the mantle of leadership, political leadership in our country? I think we are. I think we are very ready. You you would see this, you realize this when you see the level of impact that youth are making, even relatively small organizations. And it is a clear indication that these particular people, whenever they have been interested with larger roles or larger responsibilities, they will be ready to do the work. But who is ready to give us the chance? That's the problem. And number two is that I think there is this level of distrust amongst ourselves also as youth. The problem of youths in Nigeria today are largely youths also. You see these youths who would always think, oh, you are too young to hold this particular position. And that person is also a youth. You see the Minister of Youth and Development, you know, maybe the Minister of Youth Development in Nigeria is 50-year-old man. That is not a youth. And this is the fact that I think youths are not very united in our purpose and in our goals. So I think when the youth community is, um, is united in its, in its goal, it will give us that sense of direction that we as youths need in leadership in Nigeria. Mm, interesting. So let, let's go back to campus now. Um, looking at your, you, your tenure is going to end as the president of UCG very soon now. I'm yeah. um, looking back now. Yeah. Well, what advice would you have? Would you give yourself in the beginning? Um, you know when you started. You know, uh, and what advice would you have for the next UCJ president? I think the advice would remain one and the same thing for myself and for the next administration. Nothing is too big to achieve. When I got in as president, there were a lot of things that I did project, but I just thought, oh, this is too big for us to achieve. This is something that we could not realize easily. But you just discover that along the way, these things are just relatively small. And if we are taking the chance of, you know, trying to shoot our shots, as it's my, as they say, you know, we would, we might have achieved it. So my, the advice that I would have given to myself is a lot of the things that I do look as, I do look at as very big, would be something I could, I could have taken the chance to, you know 
you know, try to execute and try to uplift. And the advice I would also give to the next administration is that as long as they have the, the will and as long as the cause they are trying to pursue is good and is for the best of the organization that they are serving, they should take their shot, shouldn't procrastinate because they keep procrastinating on taking the shots, they are going to miss out on a lot of opportunities. Um, Kajim, you are taking two different positions and um, academic pursuit is still there. And there, you know, there are some students who, are, who's, who try to avoid curricular activities, things like UCJ or Student Bar Association. Yes. They try to avoid it, thinking that, you know, if they participate, it will affect the academic pursuit. For you, how, how are you coping? In all things that I do, I one of the things I try to uphold is the fact that my academics is number one. And one thing that I've realized in taking a lot of extracurricular activities is that it has made, even made me a better academic student. A lot mm -hmm. of things that I might not have comprehended if I've not, you know, practically applied it as an extracurricular student. So one thing about extracurriculars is that it gives you that experience, it gives you that feel to test what you are learning in theory. And one advice I would like to give a lot of students is that they should know what they want and they should pursue what they want. They shouldn't go by the fact that probably they look up to someone and this is the particular path of that particular person and they must follow it. They should realize what they think they are good at and they should try to fulfill the purpose in that particular line or area. And to give them that age, as long as they do not abandon academics, to give them that age of, you know, trying to practically relate, you know, trying to quickly understand. It gives you this level of comprehension, this level of uh, um, the, you know, vastness of intellectualism because you do know how to manage these things and you do know how to effectively divide time, to balance between different schedules at the same time and excelling in each one. So it has made me a better academic student and I can proudly say that I am not regretting, you know, delving into these things. I, in fact, I'm very grateful. So um, that means students can actually manage academic pursuit with extracurricular activities. Exactly. And they are going to come out as better academic students. Mm. So let's let's get a little bit personal now. Um, one thing, can you tell me one thing that you love about the way you were brought up? The way I was brought up, it's very unique. I think one thing I would love about that particular aspect is the fact that my family exposed me to a lot of practical things, a lot of things that people would think, oh, this person is still relatively young and should not be exposed to it. And that is why I have never been afraid of taking shots. I think my family has exposed me to, I've read most of the African writer series when I was barely 15. It has given me the opportunity to know how to marshal my words, you know, I am never lost of words, and there is gives me that confidence. It gives me that experience. I could really um, relate to things as soon as I see them because there is something that I've read that relates to that particular thing. So nothing is new. It gives me this abundance of knowledge that's given me this privilege of trying to, you know, take the shots as I've said and trying to ensure that I do not really fail the people that rely on me. So there are a lot of people that I do know that look up to me, maybe more than I imagine. And it has given me that zeal, even when everything seems to be against me, when all the odds seems to be against my 
particular endeavor, I would always try against those odds and I would always achieve what I want. How how do you deal with anger? You you are a leader. Um, I mean, people will piss you over at some point. How do you control yourself? Yes, the uh, I always do remember of the fact that there is someone somewhere looking up to me, and I do not want to fail that person. And perhaps my anger would reduce that particular respect that that person has for me. So it has given me a lot of control over my anger, and it has allowed me to manage many situations perfectly and better so i think what the main thing that i do think is what if my anger destroys a lot of things that i've built what if my anger is giving me is restricting me from getting what i need to get so i really get angry now and when i get angry i find a way of trying to control it as soon as possible because of course i'm that role model and i'm the mentor and i'm the leader and i must not fail my people mm. So what do you think about life? Um, well, what do you think the purpose of life? What, what do you think is the purpose of life for all human beings? I think the purpose of life is a relative question. It depends on okay. who you ask. But the purpose of life is just to create and make impact. The purpose of life is trying to ensure that you do not go through life alone. Life goes through you and you have that necessary experience to for people to even relate and cite to your particular story experience after you are gone or in your absence. So I do think that the purpose of life is to touch lives. Purpose of life is to able to create something that in the next decade or in the next century, someone will be able to relate to the fact that you have pioneered something or you have tried to uplift a particular cause. So it depends on who you ask, but to me, I think, Life should be purposeful to everyone. Life should full life should be something of benefit, not to yourself alone, but to people around you and people who you, you might not have known also. So it boils down to impact, definitely. Okay, there's this thing you talked about in la- last time we spoke. Um, I think you should um, talk talk about it a little bit. The fact that life is um you are given something in life and the purpose of life is to give back. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Um, we, I'm going, I think I would like to address that from a very religious perspective. I, a lot of us don't knowing how we really did existed, exist in the first place. And one thing about life is that when you have been given something, you, you have to make the best out of it and you have to give it back in multiples or in multiples. So one thing about life is that it still boils down to that particular impact. And when you are trying to give back, you are going to touch lives. You are going to ensure that uh, people look, uh, people try to benefit from what you owe and for the goodness that you harbor. And that is just basic science. It's just basic knowledge. It's just basic. Everything mm-hmm. is just basic. And what I'm trying to say is that you have to give back. You have been given something. I really do not know the extent of my gift. And I do know I do want to keep my gift to myself. I want to benefit my gift, you know, with other people. I want people to feel the essence of my gift. So that is basically it. So if someone could see your actions and not hear your words, what would they say your priorities are? I think by 
people would say that the priorities that I hold are the things that I focus that I'm holding, the positions that I hold, people to see that I am that figure of commitment, I have that figure of um, intellectuality, of creativity, of flex of values, of course. And I want people to see that I am that dynamic character that can fit into every single space. Mm. Um, the question is, if if I see you call him now today, if this is the first time I meet you, and um, you did not yeah. say anything yeah. to me, yeah. what do you what do you think I would say your priorities are? Wow, I I can't easily <laughs> determine that. I can't easily determine that, but probably just me as one gig. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I don't even know how to determine that because I think one of the things that I've tried to lose losing myself from is the fact that I do not really care about validation any longer. I know that validation is important. How people see you, how people um, estimate your essence is very important, but I do not want it to limit the kind of things that I want to achieve. A lot of people have been bothered at how do people see me after doing this particular thing? But I just, I would just be like, no, I want to do my thing and I want people to judge me afterwards. I don't want to do my thing based on what people think. So I do not really know the extent of how you would estimate my essence whenever you meet me. But I do hope that I will be in your good books. That is my own goal. I want to be in everybody's good book. And I know that that is hard, but I want people, maybe from afar, to that the good person that Sandy can always rely on. Mm, interesting. Um, we we are we're winding down now with this last question. Um, can you on campus talent? What we want to do is to inspire students to on how to find and take advantage of career opportunities. Um, can you leave students with advice? What advice do you have for students on campus? You know, looking at um, your whole, what, what has worked for you that you think can also work for other students? I think the number one advice is do not, have, do not be afraid to take that shot. There are a lot of things that the moment you keep procrastinating, as I said earlier, you're going to miss out on a lot of opportunities. So I think people should be ready to take that shot. And number two is that people should know what they want. If you think that you have a particular talent or skill and you want to channel it to ensure that you create something beneficial for yourself and to boost your experience and to ensure that people around you feel it also, you have to look at courses that relate to particular gifts. You have to look at endeavors that relate to it and you have to participate actively in it. So I see a lot of people participating in things that they are they think they are good in but they are not really active in it we still battle with a lot of um, activeness in organizations that i serve and i think it has made a lot of people lose out on a lot of things that they were supposed to have gotten so one thing i would like them they said they should try to be active in what they want they should try to damn the odds there will be a lot of challenges there will be a lot of you know failures along the way, there will be a lot of you wanting to turn back, but that is the right time to keep pursuing that particular goal. And number three is the fact that you have to be very intentional. There are a lot of things that are going to attract people. There are a lot of things that are going to attract individuals. They want to do everything. They want to be in everywhere. They want to 
be able to fit into every space. But it is better that you are being known for something by being renowned for something than to be the jack of all trades. So it is better for them to be intentional, to be intentional about their growth, to be intentional about the careers that they want, about the kind of lifestyle that they want to live. And they should go for that particular thing. So in the end, the rest are going to fit in. But when they try to divest their energies in a lot of things, you just discover that everything does not become old when they won't need it to be. So the first advice is intentionality. Second advice is they should not be afraid to take those shots. And I think the last advice is um, they should be active. Mm. That's, that's great. Thank you very much for speaking with Campus Talent Podcast. It's really a pleasure, pleasure. to have you again. Thank you for sparing your time with us. I wish, I wish you... I wish you all the best in your academic pursuit, uh, all your endeavors. Thank you. Yes, that is it from Koyim Adeti Meji. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And please drop a comment for us on our social media handles if you have anything to say about this episode or you have a recommendation for us on the upcoming episode. Thank you so much for listening.